Hey girl, and welcome to the Soul Social Podcast with your host, Nina Webb. This podcast is your one-stop shop for all things mindset, business strategy, manifestation, and more. After building a successful online community of over 13,000 women and scaling to 5K months in a matter of months, I am on a mission to help as many women as possible do the same. I want to help you take action to build a life of time and financial freedom you've always dreamed of and to truly believe in yourself and your business. I'll be spilling the tea in weekly episodes about what it actually takes to step into your next level self and have a successful business. So grab a cup of coffee or a herbal green tea and let's dive into the episode. Hello guys and welcome back to the podcast. So today I want to talk about three things you need to build a strong personal brand. If you've seen my content recently, if you were in my recent masterclass as well, all about the secret to success on social media, which was actually all about personal branding. I feel like I can announce it now, now that this actually happened. Leading up until the masterclass, I was like, I can't, I have to be so careful to not reveal what the secret is in any of my messaging. But the secret was to build up a strong personal brand before you try and sell anything. And really, when I was doing research for the masterclass and when I was really thinking about personal branding recently, and when I was doing research for my upcoming offer as well, which will be centered all around building a strong personal brand that results in people wanting to pay you every fucking day of the week. If that's an interest of yours, keep your eyes peeled, keep your eyes and ears open for more details on my Instagram coming very soon. I've already started selling it behind the scenes actually. Anyway, enough about that because I'm getting ahead of myself. And when I was doing the research for that, I was very much thinking about what are the things that you really need to build a strong personal brand? And I really worked backwards from the idea of creating this strong brand where you have people coming to you to pay you before you've even created a damn thing. And that actually happened to me with Soul Social. And this is why I love talking about this topic because this is exactly how I launched my one-to-one coaching. I don't know if I've told this during the podcast before. I remember I told it in my masterclass, but if not, I am gonna tell it right here, right now. And I actually launched one-to-one coaching for the first time back in, I think it was around May or April towards the end of April, the start of May last year. This was before actually I officially launched because one of the collective members asked me for one-to-one coaching. You know, she messaged me and she was like, do you offer anything one-to-one? I feel I really want to talk to you. I feel like I need this. And I, when she messaged me, did not feel ready in quotation marks to launch one-to-one. And I actually wasn't sure what to say almost. I was just like, do I do this? Do I just tell her I'm not ready yet? Because I had plans to launch one-to-one originally in June, I think, because I had a obviously my business plan. And within my business plan, I had what I wanted to launch every month of the year. And I think I had one-to-one down for June in my original business plan. And I was just like, oh my God, like, do I tell her I want to launch it in June? Do I just say, you know, okay, let's do it. And Obviously, my fear-based mentality was kind of saying, you know, you're not ready yet, you need to wait till June. But then I was just like, you know what? This girl needs it. You know, I know that I can do it. Like, I know that I have the capability to do it because, you know, I'm doing it in my trainings anyway in the collective. The only difference is it's with one person. I've worked, you know, one-to-one with people before. And honestly, 
I just thought, fuck it, I'm going to do it. And, and I just literally created one-to-one coaching specifically for this girl. Shout out to Fern if you listen to this podcast still. And we ended up doing about six one-to-one sessions together. And this was very much when I had my haphazard one-to-one and I was charging just one-off for, for sessions and I was charging like 80 pounds a session. Um, and I didn't have any structured program and I literally just created it just just for this client. And then after that, I had actually a couple of other people who were in the collective messaging me about it. And then I kind of officially launched after I'd kind of had those couple of first clients. I officially launched, I think it was around May or June time. I can't remember the exact date. But honestly, it's so funny how that happened. And that just goes to show you how powerful building that personal brand can be because that is truly my definition of a strong personal brand. When people come and ask to pay you before there's even anything to pay you for. That happened back before I launched my ebooks, back before I launched the collective. People were asking me, you know, do you, do you sell any ebooks? Do you, is there any way to work with you? Like in sort of January, February time, people were already asking me this. And I said, you know, not yet. I'm launching the shop soon. That'll be the first thing I launch. And that was part of my calculator strategy because I really wanted to have those first couple of months of just brand building and just providing value. But it just goes to show you what a strong brand I had built up because already people were asking me and were asking me to to launch this and to launch that. And, you know, more recently I've had people ask me to launch various services. Like I've had requests for a VIP day, which I've never even considered in my product suite before. And I've had several requests for that recently. And that is honestly what I would define as a strong personal brand is when people are literally asking to pay you. Okay, so onto the framework, onto the three things you need to build a strong personal brand. And actually, this will be the exact framework I teach in my upcoming offer. It will be a mini course. I'm not sure if I will have announced this by the time I publish this podcast. Actually, I think I will have announced it. So It will be a mini course called Becoming Influential and it will be the 101 of building and creating a powerful personal brand that attracts your dream clients to you and gets people that want to pay you every fucking day. And in Becoming Influential, I am going to teach you how to create and build a powerful personal brand so people can't wait to fucking pay you every single day. And it is going to be a self-led mini course consisting of three modules that will be released every week and set you up as a powerful and influential brand. So this is literally going to be the exact framework that I'm going to teach inside this mini course and I am giving it to you for free in this podcast episode. But obviously the course will go into a lot more detail on the exact how of the framework and on the exact exactly all the topics that are included. So the really three keys that I see that you need to build a strong personal brand are clarity, consistency, and community. So let's start with clarity. So there's a lot of things for me that go into clarity, but I'm just going to name a few important sections that go into the clarity framework. So Firstly, deciding on your niche. So I know a lot of you are going to hear this and think, you know what, Nina, I know my niche. Stop mentioning this to me. (laughs) And I know there's so many content creators out there that talk about niche. That's exactly why I feel like I don't really talk about it much in my content. But even if you know your niche, 
there's so much that surrounds your niche that you can get a lot more clear on. For example, your zone of genius or your unique selling point. That's something that I feel like even people who maybe know their niche or maybe think they have a niche, because this is what I see in a lot of people, they think they have a niche, but actually it's still very broad and it's not very specific at all. Like just saying you're a business coach and you know you don't really cater to a specific type of business owner or you don't really cater to a specific industry and you, you know you know you're just calling yourself a business coach like let's face it that is pretty broad so thinking about what really sets you apart in that which is your zone of genius or you might have called heard it called your unique selling point and we actually went really deep on zone of genius inside the masterclass and I did some hot seat coaching all around helping the women who are live inside figure out their zone of genius which was so so amazing but to put it to you briefly, and I've mentioned it a little bit on one of the other podcast episodes, I would just really think about what you do differently to other people in your niche. And something that might make you think about this question and might make it easier for you, because I know a lot of people struggle with this, you know, there's various things you can bring in. You can bring in gaps in the market. You can bring in personality traits that you have. You can bring in, you know, maybe you bring two different ideas together that people don't do often. But a really interesting question, which I don't see thrown around there, ever, I don't think, is think about what you don't like about your industry. Think about what you see other people do and you really, really hate when they do that. So for me, what I really hated about the coaching industry was I feel like there's not a lot of transparency and there's a lot of sugarcoating and there's a lot of, you know, making figures seem better than they are, I feel. And honestly, it's just that lack of transparency. And so by contrast to that, I always vowed to be as transparent as possible about my figures, to differentiate between cash and sales, to provide screenshots of my of my income and my statements. Um, and not just in terms of income, but just generally in terms of the journey and in terms of all the struggles I've had to get there. I feel like it's part of so many coaches marketing to be like, you know, I hit five figures or six figures in, in you know, a few months or whatever. And they really don't show what it's to get there. You know, maybe they don't mention the fact it's their third business or maybe they don't mention the fact that they have two other businesses and that's what made up the six figures. And it's just there's so many of these omissions that, you know, people don't see. And I think that can create really misleading marketing. So I saw that in the coaching industry when I first became a coach and I very much was like, I want to set myself apart from this. I want to be that no bullshit person who is going to provide, you know, the cold hard evidence, who's going to show the screenshots, who is going to call out people's shitty behavior and say the things that other people are scared to say. And that is the space I feel I've carved out for myself in my content and, and in my personal brand, obviously. So I really think about within your industry, what are those things you don't like when you see other people do and doing them and ask yourself, you know, what can I do differently? How can I change the industry? So those are some other things to think about relating to niche, but within Clarity, we also, we can cover things like getting a really, really good Instagram profile and getting your bio really, really optimized, getting your mission statement on point, you know, getting a really good set of highlights and a good profile picture, you know, all of that is covered in Clarity because that gives people clarity when they land on your page. And then probably the most important area of Clarity, to be honest, is ideal client. And again, so many people think they know their ideal client, but for me, I have slightly different ideal clients for different offers. And something I do with every offer is I, I look at my ideal client and I revisit their pain points and the things that they're going through and the struggles that they have and their desires as well. 
And I create that for every single offer. So I don't want to hear that, you know, I already know my ideal client, Nina, and, you know, all of this. And, you know, even if you're at a stage where you're brand new to business and you don't know your ideal client and you've never looked at ideal client, you know, it'll be equally as useful for you as for someone who has looked at their ideal client before, you know, a few times. It's always going to be helpful because you always need to be revisiting and updating your ideal client based off what you're currently offering. So that's the clarity section. And with clarity, I just see as getting really, really clear on who you are, on what you do, and on who you speak to. That's really, really how I would summarize clarity. And then onto the consistency part of the framework, some things I would really get you to think about. So obviously these are all going to be covered in more depth inside Becoming Influential. But to summarize, I would look at various aspects of branding. I would look at your brand story. You know, what story you're telling to the world? Where have you come from? Who are you? Why do you do what you do? Why have you even started this business? And why should anyone care? Why should anyone care about what you post? Really think about that with with every single thing that you create. Why should anyone care? And what is the story behind this? Because people are so much more drawn to stories than they are to just a business that they don't know anything about the story behind the products or the service. And that's why personal branding is so huge in 2022. And that's why, you know, I've seen it in my clients who have started to then bring themselves into their business, bring their face into their business. And then they've seen their sales absolutely skyrocket. And I especially see this with product-based businesses, actually, who have more of a tendency to not show their face as much, maybe, and just really focus on the products. And I've seen how much that has shifted people's sales. And it is just because, you know, people buy from people and we connect a lot more to, to people. And so I really think about what is my brand story? What am I trying to say? What is important to me? What do I want to say in the world? What do I want to be known for? And just think about some of these questions. And then kind of linked to this brand values. So the reason this is all under consistency, because I think you have to be consistent in all of these things, like consistent in your story. You have to know your story off by heart. You have to have like a one line summary where if you met someone at a networking event and they asked you, what's your business? You know, why do you do what you do? You would just say that to them. You'd be like, you know, for example, it could be something like corporate dropout turned full-time entrepreneur. I think that's what mine used to be. Mine used to be something like depressed corporate dropout, I think actually, because I used to suffer from depression, if you know my story, years ago, turned full-time solepreneur. I think that was it actually, because then obviously it ties into my brand name. So really think about what that journey has been for you and why you even do what you do and, and what you have overcome to get here. I'd really start to think about that. And then with values, obviously, think about obviously your own personal values, but think about your values in life as well. Like, you know, the values that you want to bring into your business. And I would say pick around three to five values that you can bring in consistently into your content. And, you know, for example, mine are authenticity, work-life balance and consistency is actually a value of mine. And I'm not necessarily going to go into detail on, you know, what all of those are and, and how I bring them all into my content, but it might be interesting for you if you, if you do watch my stories, now that I've said that to you and I've said, you know, my values are authenticity, consistency, work-life balance, if you can see how they come through in my content, maybe if you just bear those in mind and, and see how I bring it into my stories and bring it into my content, because whenever I tell people that, whenever I told clients that before, they've always been like, oh yeah, you are always really consistent on stories or, oh yeah, I do always see you talk about, you know, being consistent with your exercise routine and making sure you move your body every single day. And I do always see you take weekends off social media and then talk about it when you come back. And, 
you know, all of that is done for a reason. And that just goes to show you how consistent I am with those values. And then finally, obviously, we've got visual branding. And don't get me wrong, I don't really believe that you need to have a super cohesive feed anymore. It's 2022. I don't believe you need like a super beautiful feed to do well on Instagram or to have a successful business. Like that is my brutal harsh truth if you want to have a like beautiful cohesive feed then obviously go for it if that makes you happy if that's what you love to do then 100% go for it but for me I'm so much more about the rawness and and the realness than you know something that's super you know aesthetic obviously I have my influencer accounts it's a little bit of a different vibe on there it's a little bit more aesthetic on there but with soul social I really just want to make the main value that comes through obviously as we mentioned authenticity and I think so long as you stick to brand colors, like I've stuck to all of my brand colors since the beginning of the Soul Social. I've never changed them once. I have my light pink that I use in a lot of my posts. I have my sort of cream color, off-white color. I have my darkish green. And then sometimes I bring in gold very occasionally on my posts as like an accent. And I've used those exact same shades since the beginning. I've, I've never changed them. So I think so long as you stick to the colors, stick to the fonts. Again, I've stuck to the fonts since the beginning. Then that really does help to emphasize that visual brand and that brand identity and I don't think it necessarily has to be that super cohesive feed anymore but obviously it depends on what you do obviously if you're a brand strategist or I don't know you're a designer say a web designer and you know or a graphic designer then obviously it might benefit you to have a beautiful cohesive feed but say if you're some kind of other service provider where your value is not necessarily in how you make things look like say if you're a a coach or even a, I don't know, accountant or something along those lines where you don't necessarily have to, you know, your value is not in how beautiful you make other things necessarily. It's in, it's in something else. Um, then I would say, obviously you don't need to have a, a super cohesive feed, but obviously it's completely up to you. It's completely up to your business as always. And then finally we've got community. So I feel like community and branding kind of are quite interesting because I feel that you almost need your person to create a personal brand to then build a community. But I also feel like community is part of your personal brand. <laughs> so it's an interesting one because I feel like they both feed into each other. But what I would put under community is providing free value. That's the biggest thing that helps to create this community. Providing free value, providing expertise, showing that you're the expert and, and providing it answering people's questions, doing Q&As. I used to do a lot of Q&As at the beginning of Soul Social, and I actually might bring them back to be honest, but I used to do a lot of Q&As and answering people's questions um, when I went live and I might still do that, but that's probably a very quick way to establish, you know, a relationship with your community and really create the sense of community as if you're actually feeling like you're genuinely helping people because the whole essence of community is that you're involving them. You're not someone that just stands completely alone above them and they don't have a say in what it is that you do. The whole real essence of community is giving people a say. So on that point, polling your community, polling your followers, asking them for feedback, you know, creating market research polls on your stories or doing market research calls if that's something you prefer. And then creating offers that your ideal client actually wants. Like that market research, I can't underestimate the importance of that. And that all helps to foster the sense of community that you're actually listening to the people that follow you. You're not just randomly creating things just because you want to create them, which don't get me wrong, I fell into that trap before. You're actually creating things that the people want. And you're, because obviously we're all here as business owners to help people. 
we're all here as business owners, obviously to gain clients as well. But the way that we gain clients is by helping them as much as possible and giving them exactly what they want, not half what they want and sort of half what they thought we thought they wanted. And then the last point of building community is collaborating. Collaborating with other people in your niche, engaging with your community, being super engaging. You know, I do this trick and I mentioned it on my stories before and I think possibly on my podcast where sometimes I go through the to the very end of my story queue and I look at the people on that list who have watched all the way to the end of my story so I know, you know, like what I have to say, are interested potentially in working together, you know, not necessarily, but potentially are potential leads or potential clients. And I pick from those people, people that I think would actually genuinely be a really good ideal client and I would actually genuinely love to help and think that I can help. And I pick some people from that list and I try and engage with them regularly. I try and reply to their stories and I get through that whole list. And honestly, this is probably the greatest thing for your to build an abundance mindset as well. I vary the number of people I reply to, but probably I reply to overall around 40, 50 stories at least. And I set aside probably, I don't know, like 45 minutes to do this. Don't get me wrong, I don't do this exercise every day. I just do it whenever I feel I have a bit of time or I want to interact with my audience a bit more. And not only obviously does that generate loads of conversations and then, you know, get you talking to people in the DMs, but that also really helps your own mindset and your abundance mindset. And you're like, shit, actually, you know, 40 people is a huge amount of people. Like you might feel like that's not like, you know, if you get 40 likes on a post or something, you might be like, oh, a post only got 40 likes. But I challenge you to go through every of that person. Because whenever I go through like 40 to 50 people, and that's only like, you know, usually like a quarter of people watching my stories at least. Then when I go through all that, you'll realize how many people that actually is. So definitely just being engaging and collaborating with your community as well. So that is the three-step framework. It is clarity, consistency, and community. And if you did want to go deep on this topic, I'd love to invite you to join us inside Becoming Influential. So this is really for you if you want to start to effortlessly attract clients who are asking to pay you before you've even created anything, who will literally pay you just to be in your energy. If you want to create a hot audience full of people who are ready to pay you their money, they don't need all the details, they're a mega yes and they just jump in, no questions asked. If you want to finally stand out as a thought leader you are born to be and you don't want to follow the trends, you want to create them and people actually listen. If you also want to have an inbox constantly filled to the max with questions about your programs, you literally want to have new inquiries every damn day even when you're not selling or posting anything and you want to set those solid foundations for your business that are unshakable that set up your business for long-term success, the kind of foundation someone sets for a five or even six-figure business, then becoming influential is going to be for you. It is only going to be £88 on the pre-sale, which is just crazy. Like, I don't think I've ever offered a course for only two figures, but it is a mini course. So I honestly can't even believe that I'm offering it. It will go up to 111 at main price. So if you want to join the waitlist and get access to the pre-sale, I will leave the link in the show notes. And as always, message me if you have any questions. But I hope you love this episode. As always, it means the world to me if you would love to share it with a friend or you'd love to post on your Instagram stories. And don't forget to tag me at soulsocial underscore and I'll reshare with my community. But I'll speak to you soon, guys. Bye. 
Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope it was exactly what you needed to hear today. Screenshot and share the episode to your Instagram stories and tag me at soulsocial underscore so I can hear your main takeaways and share you with my own community. And if you love this episode, please leave a review so we can get the podcast out to more heart-centered entrepreneurs who need it. I'll see you in the next episode. Bye.